wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Hi, everybody. It's Joe Witten here, and we are about to start another wonderful podcast. I've got my bestest buddy, Fuad, with me. Hi, Fuad. G'day, Jar. How's it going? He's going to bung on the Aussie accent. (laughs) Just go back to your usual one. All right. All right. Everyone everyone seems to like it. It's, you know. I don't know what my accent is anymore. It's kind of. I don't know if this is my real accent. Yeah. You could try the French accent today. I would to have an Aussie accent now in Australia. Like, I just don't want to stand out anymore. (laughs) I just. you I, could I try the like Aussie accent would be good. Try the French accent. The ladies like that one. Oh God! You think so? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll I'll give it a shot for the next episode. I'll do the French one, and then we'll see how it goes. If okay. the ratings go up yeah, with we'll, that one, we'll, we'll compare. All right. The French one, then uh, from there on, uh, we can be okay. <laughs> we can do that. It's absolutely fine. Uh, no problem. All right, uh, Joe. Please go ahead and explain. Uh, how has your time? Uh, I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> okay. Um, <thanks. laughs> that was good. Tell us what's new. Well. I'm pretty excited that our books have arrived, our second edition of the cookbook. So um, a lot of you had placed um, back orders for our cookbook and it's been all, they've all been sent out. And I, we've been noticing a lot of um, excited people popping up on Instagram and Facebook saying, I got my book, it's so beautiful, I love it. So that makes us really happy. Yeah, I have 270 <laughs> books in my office now sitting here. Oh, my goodness. You haven't even seen it yet, the new one. No, I haven't. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for my shipment to arrive and all my local stores around Far North Queensland are waiting desperately too. I keep getting emails. When's the books arriving? <laughs> it has a couple of improvements. It's not vastly different at all to the first edition, uh, but we decided to add a table of contents in the beginning so that people can actually find the recipes a bit more easily. Mm-hmm. And um, just a few minor things in the recipes, which aren't really fixing any errors, which is amazing. Like I know. Had, I, I'm so amazed that we didn't have any glaring okay. mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only glaring mistake is that you chose me to be your co-writing <laughs> partner. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I think I just gave in because you hassled me so much. Yes. Thank you, Joe. That's okay. Um, it seemed to work. Yeah. So, it's it's really nice. We've um, you, you're, If you haven't bought the cookbook yet, uh, please support us and head on to quirkycooking.com.au and get yourself a copy because it'll help you make better decisions and cook better food. So, and it's amazingly uh, beautiful and delicious. Beautiful, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, all, all our love is contained in that book, so you'll get it, and then you know you can just sit next to it and you'll feel it. It's, it's just it like actually a cookbook feels hug. really nice to just to have it there. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's We're a, so yeah, weird. That, yeah. Yes, and um, we have had like people send us photos of their uh, little children, like babies, literally like grabbing the book and like staying, like going through it page yeah. by page, and, and pointing to is, all the things they want. Yeah, that is just so that, adorable. It is. Isn't it? I love it. We so, should um, we should share um, Angie's video. Our editor sent us a video of her little toddler. Oh, how old is he? Maybe four. Um, going yeah. through the book and explaining why he loved it so much. And it was so adorable. And his his favorite recipe that he wanted to cook first was the fat bomb muffins. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. 
<laughs> I love it. Because yeah. he's such a boy. He's like, he's all about bombs and cars and things Is like he? that. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's so, so cute. High energy kid, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, um, but yeah, it's cool. He wants the fat bomb muffins. Well, that's so. high energy. It's cool. Yeah. And um, what, are, what else are we doing? Oh, we so should I'll, mention... We should yeah. mention that if you want to see the book before you buy it, because I know some people don't really like buying online, they want to see the book first. Um, if you go into your local source bulk food stores, they are stocking them. Um, maybe just call them first to make sure they've got them in stock because obviously for a while we were out of stock and they're just doing their orders again. Um, but you can generally find them at source bulk food stores. And you can also just ask at your local health food shop or bookshop um, if they have it, because some do. Um, and if they don't, then it's good to tell them about it. <laughs> yeah, if you tell them to buy it, then um, you can give them at retail price, which is $60, and save yourself the $10 postage because we'll you know, sell it to them. So that means that you can encourage our business by telling them to stock the book, and that would be awesome for us and for you. So, which is what our wonderful friend Gretty is trying to do in San Francisco in California. Uh, She's trying to get her local that? bookshop to stock them. We're like, oh, you're awesome. <laughs> She's a better salesperson than we are. Oh, we should just totally... fly Gretty over to we Australia should. and have her do it because yeah. you and I are just like, um, we're yeah. the most relaxed salespeople on the planet. Totally the book, if you want it, get it. It's, it's awesome. really good. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No pressure, though. We love yeah. you guys regardless. And... Um, <laughs> So, Joe, an update on my life in the Blue Mountains. Yeah. I actually can see the floor in my office. Oh, congratulations. No, That's I'm not bad yeah. for a week and a half. I mean, you know, it's, no, well, yeah, it's been, it's been what, almost three weeks now. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Time is flying. Are you sure? And we're settling in really nicely. Um, I'm calming down a lot. Um, I didn't actually realize how much of a difference it was going to make for me. I thought I was a pretty relaxed person already, but... It's making me more relaxed and I feel like I've got more time in my day and, you know, oh, it's just, uh, it's a nice feeling of home, which I haven't had before. I haven't had that feeling of uh, like, you know, home and it's starting to grow in me, which is great because like, I, I don't know uh, if the uh, listeners know, but when I was five years old, we were refugees in Lebanon because of the war and then... Uh, I lived in a place that wasn't really my home for a long time and then thinking that we're going to go back home after that. And then in 2001, I came to Australia and I've been renting and moving from one place to the other. So it's just um, a real joy to to have a place that I can call home again yeah. in my life. And it's a, it's a treat for me. It's a good experience in my life. So and I think it, it makes a difference being, I know you weren't in the city, but you were still in a pretty busy part of you know, suburbs. Oh my God, yeah. Like, the city is fun now. Like, I went to a friend's birthday party um, last Sunday. And, uh, you know, Sunday's usually not busy in the city. Yeah. That's very dead, really, the CBD. I was still overwhelmed, like, uh, by by the amount of people. Was just, yeah, oh my God, the traffic and... Yeah, it's just noise and traffic and all that kind of stuff. And I think the more you chill out in the country, the more you go, whoa, when you go yes. to the city. Yeah. It's like, the traffic. So I can't understand what it feels like to be you. I'll never understand it, really. <laughs> we don't even have traffic lights for like a good hour or so drive. But. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we have it at our the turn off to our street. So, oh. you know, it's not like we're very far, but this is, you know, still Sydney. Still a small, small country mm. town still, really. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
Oh, I'll give a quick update on my fasting progress for people yeah. who want to know what's been going on. Uh, I think I'll keep going with uh, giving you guys updates on what I'm seeing. So um, my uh, appetite has really normalized. I can now go on, go for uh, like a whole day without eating every day. So um, what I do now is between 5 and 7 o'clock is when I eat, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, and um, I'll stop eating at 7 and I'll wake up the next day, go about my business. And all I have is a little bit of uh, my tea with a little bit of almond milk or some heavy cream. But not, you know, not excessively. Still small amounts of calories when it comes to um how much I'm consuming and then five o'clock comes and I'm not actually that hungry when it comes and I'm just having almost a normal size meal. Now. Wow. It's a little bit big, bigger than a normal size meal, but that's pretty much all I'm feeling like eating. And, um, um, yeah, the results still are fantastic. Like, um, I usually have occasional acne breakouts, um, and, um, I haven't had any of those since I started this way of eating. Hmm. Um, and th that's a really long time really. To, to not happen good luck you yeah. know i get like a, a pimple in my beard or on my head or something like that quite often um you know once a month or something like that but it's been longer than that and i haven't experienced it at all which is wow. really yeah really good. good my skin's improving but also that's in part to the products that i'm using we'll get to that into the podcast that we're talking about now so i didn't know did i tell you i'm also considering a um to go to a uh this is going to sound strange, hey? Uh, Where you I'm thinking stay. of doing a, a four-day wilderness fast. You did tell me that. Uh, did I? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking of doing that in next year, um, sometime around April maybe, and getting myself sort of psychologically prepped for it. This is a, a practice that, you know, our ancestors have done for a very long time. It's uh, millennia old and... Uh, People have gone into the wilderness to search for uh, purpose and meaning and a deeper understanding of life. And uh, this is, uh, yeah, I'm thinking this is sort of my my heritage as a human being. My my birthright is to do something like that. And it's scary and exciting. And I'm thinking of doing it uh, in April next year. So stay tuned for uh, what may come uh, in me getting ready to this. Mm. So this is uh, i'm finding that the the fasting one for 24 hours 22 hours is psychologically preparing me to be able to do this uh, a longer bit. term uh, yeah, yeah yeah so if i if i can do a four-day water fast it's not going to be horrific for me yeah that's um, right you yeah. built up to it yeah so um if you guys have any questions about that i'm more than happy to discuss it but or if uh, you've done one we'd love to know oh my god yeah let us know um, what, what your experience was and um, how you felt. But uh, I've read a lot of reviews from people who have tried this before and um, it just sounds like a real life changer, like a real one. You know, it's some, something that um, people need to experience in their life once. So um, I'm planting the seed here for you guys. If this is something that you're interested in doing, start looking into it a little bit more as well. Um, this is uh, a, a big thing for people. So yeah, it'll have physiological effects on you of like detoxing you and clean, cleansing you. And of course, it'll um, psychologically calm you down and uh, stop that mental chatter and allow you to disconnect from your day-to-day -day world and be in a place that gives you a lot of perspective about your life and um, also reconnects you with the natural world as your true home. 
So this is what are all the all the things I'm looking forward to um, in April next year. And the, there was an opportunity to do it in October, but I might be going to Lebanon September, October to visit my, my parents. So I won't be able to do it now, but um, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, but the results of even the one-day fast have been fantastic. Um, mood stabilization, weight loss, uh, skin improvement, and uh, generally less inflammation in my body, less aches and pains, uh, better sleep, and um, yeah, this goes on and on um, in terms of um, appetite regulation and uh, the understanding how you, of... Yeah? How do you go with the blood sugar sort of stuff? Is that stable? Yeah, so yeah. it took, uh, it's fine. No, mm. it, in the first few days, yeah, uh, get the, hangry the first thing. week was the harder weeks. Mm. Yeah, no, no. no that's, that's That's been fine. Um, yeah. But I generally eat a lower carb diet anyway, so yeah, that's not so a, a big problem. Don't get for a me. big, yeah. But um, if I was having these kinds of uh, issues, I'd probably reach for a spoonful of butter with honey or something yeah. like that, just like what you would in gaps. Gaps, yeah. Um, and um, I'm mostly eating GAPS food with maybe a little bit of potato every once in a while. But most of my food is GAPS. I'm still having things like broths and meats and soft-cooked vegetables and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And also salads. Um, but so like the, the, the full GAPS diet with the occasional potato in there. Not so much um, the nuts and baking and things? You know, um, no. Because uh, I know that um, doesn't suit you all that well. No, and yesterday I had a little bit of uh, nut butter and I after my meal and mm-hmm. um, I noticed that I got a little bit of gut pain from it hmm. and um, maybe I'm... because it wasn't activated nuts or anything like that. Mm. Um, but this is the one of the things that um, that's beautiful about this diet is like one, one I've got the MTHFR gene which reduces my ability to uh, detox to around a third of what a normal person should be able to if all the environmental factors aren't there um so removing you know eating just one third of the meals that i would have during the day means that my body can catch up on detoxing a little bit more efficiently so i wake up every day feeling really good and um this is something that i you know um wasn't consistently feeling all the time it was very much diet dependent before and sleep dependent and you know all that kind of stuff whereas now just because my body is um, more efficient at cleansing itself, it's been um, I've been able to tolerate a little bit more variance in my my eating when I when I change like when I change what I eat. So, for yeah. instance, um, I only do this five days a week. By the way, so Saturday, Sunday, I'll eat as much as I want whenever I want, no problem. And five days a week, I'll uh, Monday to Friday, I'll. Uh, eat one one meal a day and I talked a little bit more about that I think in the last podcast or the one before Um, but it wasn't the last podcast the one about um, what the health and fasting so um, you can go back a little bit more and hear about my reasons why I did that there but it's it's just been so so good for me and just um, deciding to continue it has been a a really good decision i'm so happy with it and uh, we also got a a a comment from dash thompson on facebook about but she's been doing that she uh she struggled with being overweight and having poor blood sugar control uh, in her life and uh, she went paleo and low carb and uh, did really well and she also found some positive effects um the most 
easy diet for her to control her, her blood sugar and weight and general appetite has been the OMAD diet, which is the one meal a day diet, which, which is what I what I eat. But uh, I highly recommend you don't eat junk when you go one meal a day. Just eat highly nutritious food. It doesn't yeah. have to be GAPS. Recommend a, a whole food diet. Uh, so anything from life-changing food is fine. Yeah. Um, so what, what's been happening with you? Oh, let me think. Um, getting ready for the classes next week, mostly. Um, yes. Yes, we've got classes in um, Blue Mountains and Canberra, life-changing food classes. So if you are in those areas, you can find the classes on our Facebook page on Quirky Cooking um, or you can look up life-changing food on Eventbrite. Um, we'll put the links in the show notes maybe how about we do that yeah yeah sure and it's the 10th of august for katumba and the 12th of august for canberra yeah and we'd love to see you there come and say hi um it's a if you haven't been to one of our events we have a lot, lot of fun, fun. <laughs> yeah it is. it's a lot of fun and uh, I, I tease joe every time and every time oh. I, I pretend like my microphone's not working and then she tries to fix it for me and then I pretend like I'm biting her and she gets really freaked out and does a really loud scream and it's just a joke that never gets old (laughs) yeah it it always gets me but he doesn't just do it to me he does it to other people too which is quite funny (laughs) but we had um oh I was talking to Lucy who is a friend of ours that helps us out with these classes and um she said, oh, I don't know, maybe we should make the class time a bit shorter. You know, three hours seems a bit long. She said, do you think we could get Fuad to cut down on the dad jokes? <laughs> and I said, mm, probably not. And besides, that's part yeah. of it. That's most of the fun. I mean, all those dad jokes. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, what's the point of having a job that you don't like? To? When am I going to go do a sterile presentation and just put this and take this out? No. No, that's okay. We'll just be, it's gotta, it's gotta we'll be just, if it's three it. hours, it's three hours. That's right. <laughs> but usually Lucy's we're done fired. in about, <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble now, I told you that. Yeah. Usually we're done in about two and a half, but we have a lot of chit chat afterwards and it's good fun. We got chocolate and beetroot hummus and buckwheat and almond crackers and we stand around and have a chat and it's, yeah, it's good fun. So lots of good it information. Is, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. So come, come see us. Yeah. Um, what else have we got happening? So uh, today's episode is uh, is with uh, Liesl, Liesl Barnard, who is the naturopath and uh, trainer at Willida. Yeah. Willida is one of our sponsors. And uh, we've spoken at length about who Willida are and what they do. But just for your sake again if you if this is the first time you heard us talk about Willida you'll hear us talk a little bit more about them during the show the focus is on eczema in the podcast and skin issues but I just wanted to give you a little bit of background about Willida and what they do Willida was founded in 1921 one of the founders was uh, Rudolf Steiner who's the father of biodynamics and uh, anthroposophy so that guy was you know a genius of his time you know one of uh, the last renaissance men and um, that term renaissance man is used to describe people who pretty much, you know, at, at some point in, in our history, a human being could know pretty much all the medicines and the sciences and the histories and, you know, all, the, all, all that there is to know because the he- human knowledge hadn't exploded as it had now. And he was one of the last people who really had a grasp of most of the disciplines. And um, he uh, founded Willida in 1921 with... Um, a few other people, I believe. But he created this business that creates um, 
an incredible body care and skincare products. And they just put nothing but natural stuff in there. No nasty chemicals. It's all coming from uh, either high-quality animal products or plant products. So, for instance, they'll use lanolin, which is a sheep product, but they'll get the best stuff and put it there. And most of the other ingredients are plant-based. And they're um, high-potency plant botanicals that they, they will choose the exact time to harvest the plants and uh, create these products that when you put them on your skin, they'll heal you and nourish you. Incredible. And go to willy.com.au. You can use the... Sorry? Um, you can get the products there. You can get 10% off your order if you use the coupon code QuirkyJourney. And uh, if you order anything over $90, the shipping is free. And um, yeah, we promise you, you won't, you won't look back. That's the only uh, brand that you'll ever buy, I think. That's what I do. I, mm. I don't get anything else anymore. And that's yep. uh, because I trust them so much. Joe, yeah, you were going to say something when I uh, interrupted. I was just going to say that the, uh, as we've probably, as you probably know from the title of the podcast, um, that we mostly talk about eczema in this podcast. And I think that's such a big issue for many of the parents that we talk to and adults. Um, you know, why does it happen and what can you do about it? So that's what we talk about in this podcast with Liesl. Yeah, it's, um, it's a good in-depth look and um, very much in line with what we talk about. But uh, she does have a few interesting ideas that we haven't explored or talked about. And it's fantastic to have her on the show to talk about them. So we move on to the podcast in a second. And uh, before that, we'll just talk a little bit about our second sponsor, uh, Solid Technics. Joe, you have some exciting news from Solid Technics? Yes, I do. Um, okay, so for those <laughs> – sorry, I was um... – I was drawing. <laughs> Why, Joe? Sorry, Focus sorry. <laughs> Sometimes when we're doing podcasts, I draw. And then, so if I sound a bit vague, it's probably because I'm drawing. But okay, I I'm, put everything I'm back. aside. I turn off. Sorry, but you know, I don't get many much time to draw. <sighs> I'm actually sitting down right now. On the podcast, yeah. Okay. I know. Podcast. Nice drawing. Have you ever seen Joe's drawings, by the way? <laughs> She's really good at something. She's drawing. She's really good at it. Okay. Not good at focusing on a podcast when I'll put thousands the, of people. I'll are put listening. a picture on Instagram. <laughs> okay. So Solid Technics, our favorite pans, um, are going to do a giveaway with us this weekend. So you guys are going to be really excited about this one. Um, probably a lot of you have seen their new Noni saucepan, which is the most beautiful saucepan. It's made out of a, um, a non-nickel stainless steel. Nickel free, and the benefit of that is that it's very um, good for using on induction stovetops. I know a lot of you have asked that if they are suitable for induction, and they actually are perfect for that. Um, and also any other cooktops, obviously they're great for. And also um, when you're using cast iron and the formed steel, which is what the other Solid Technics pans are and you season them, you have to be careful not to be simmering acidic sauces and soups and like tomato-based um, sauces in there a lot because it will um, degrade the seasoning. 
Whereas yeah, it strips with, it back. Yeah, it strips it back. And you've probably noticed that if you've, you've been seasoning your pan and you've got a couple of good layers on it and then you go and cook something with tomatoes and you feel like you're back to the start again, it can be frustrating. Well, the good thing about this noni saucepan is it's perfect for the acidic um, type of cooking and the liquids and the slow cooking and the simmering, which is not as great um, for a seasoned surface. So if you have both, you've got the best of both worlds. So you've got your seasoned cast iron or formed steel, and then you've got your stainless steel, which is um, perfect for the simmering. So what we're going to do this weekend is a giveaway on Facebook. So pop over to Facebook. Um, we'll put it on Instagram as well for those of you who are not on Facebook. And the first prize will be a um, gourmet essentials set. So that includes the noni saucepan with the skillet lid. So it's a double, uh, what do you call it, um, multi-use. <laughs> it's a skillet and a lid. Um, and then it's also, they also are giving, the first prize also gets um, two of the Oz Iron wrought iron pans. So the big 30-centimeter skillet, which is gorgeous, and the 22-centimeter sautés, um, and then... Uh, there's five runner-up pr prizes. So pop over to Facebook and Instagram this weekend and have a look and enter those. Um, I think you will be very excited if you get one. I just got my Noni saucepan in the mail a couple of days ago. And one thing that I really love about it is you can be simmering away on the stovetop for ages and inside the pot it's so hot, but that handle doesn't get hot. And even the little skillet lid handle doesn't get hot. So I was amazed by that because it's all one piece but somehow they've engineered yeah. it so that the handle doesn't yeah. get hot. So well done, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Awesome. So uh, we do have a 10% off uh, Solid Technics code for podcast listeners. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you head on to quirkycooking.com.au slash solid and use the coupon code 10QCP. So this is, you get redirected to Emporio Organico, which is um, our affiliate in this promotion. They, they've given us the ability to offer you a 10% off solid techniques. Uh, so quirkycooking.com.au slash solid and then use the coupon code 10QCP. That's 10QCP for Quirky Cooking Podcast. And um, yeah, so without further ado, we will move on to our uh, podcast with Liesl Barnard from Willida. Our guest today is Liesl Barnard, who is the trainer and naturopath for Willida Australia. I met Liesl a few weeks ago at About Life, uh, and it was uh, a beautiful, beautiful day. And uh, we sat down and had a chat and found out that we had a lot in common. One of them is that she was an IT person in an ex-life, just like I was, and uh, that she got into natural health through some skin problems that she had, which is exactly how I got into things as well. And um, it was a, a meeting of kindred spirits and um, it was a, a nice opportunity for us to get to geek out on all things about gut health and skin health. And we thought it would be a great opportunity for us to bring Liesl on board to talk about these things uh, and illuminate some of the aspects of skin health that um, we, we don't think about and uh, try to understand a little bit more about holistic healthcare for skin. Uh, and um, our gut as well, because the bo both of them are connected. So, uh, Liesl, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Vaz. Thank you for coming, Liesl. Thank you, Joe. Um, Liesl, can you maybe begin by telling us uh, a bit of a story about your background and, and how you got into uh, doing what you do today? 
Uh, yes, thanks, Jifford. So, um, so as you've me mentioned, um, you know, I was in IT before. Um, I've had quite a few different skin issues. My main issue was um, blepharitis, and I've had that since a teenager. So for people who don't know what blepharitis is, um, it, apparently it's quite common, although I haven't really seen many people with it. Um, so it's basically eyelid inflammation. Um, and so usually eyelids are really red, they look really inflamed, they are sore, itchy. Um, there can be sort of a crusty buildup on them as mm -hmm. well, in, in between oh. the eyelashes. Um, you get styes um, and cysts. And the eyes are usually quite red, red as well, and the eyes are quite dry. So I've had this since as a teenager. So as Sounds you can painful. <laughs> yes, painful, and it's very visible. Yeah. So, you know, as a, as a young woman, just when you want to look nice and mm. wear a bit of makeup and all of that. So it was it was very frustrating. And, um, and you know, it's typical of a type of chronic disease, and I went to many different specialists and antibiotics and cortisones and... Um, I also went to many different homeopaths and naturopaths, and I tried all kinds of herbs and homeopathy and exclusion diets. So it was quite frustrating. Um, and that's what basically what drove me to go study nat naturopathy and see if I can understand my body better and see if I can also help myself. And um, it only actually got better after I finished naturopathy, and I st it was my first year of work. And at that stage, I've just, I just I've seen a homeopath for, for a year and I decided to stop seeing him. And I was taking a very strong grapeseed extract, which is anti-inflammatory. And I also stopped, I weaned myself off cortisone eye drops. I've been on cortisone eye drops for five years. And it started getting better. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so who knows what exactly what helped, you know, and maybe it's even other things as well, you know, just being having a more healthy lifestyle. Yeah. But yeah, it got better and it's still there, but it's very, very mild. So, you know, I, I just have to look after it now. So, yeah. And um, my other issue uh, is keratolysis, exfoliative keratolysis, also quite a weird skin disease <laughs> and it's basically I get sort of like dry blisters on my on the palms of my hands and the soles of my feet it's a dry blister so it's not filled with any water um, and then the skin just peels off and in summer it it basically gets activated by heat yeah. and in winter it basically goes dormant so it is a reaction to heat so, yeah, that's another little issue. And then I also have acne rosacea, so I just really have to be quite careful what I put on my skin. So, you know, if you look at the picture, it's a sort of <laughs> inflammatory picture there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is pretty much under control. Um, of course, you know, I would like it to completely disappear. But as many of these things, sometimes you just have to, you know, it's it's definitely mild enough. And I just basically manage it at the moment. So yeah, I'm just interested with your, with the eyelids um, issue. Mm. So when you said you just have to manage it, is there something that you use on this on your eyelids now that helps? Some kind of cream, or is it more uh, diet? Or okay, yes, that's a good question. So. It's so tricky with the eyes because they're so sensitive. It's such a sensitive area. I've so, got a daughter with very sensitive eyes, and she's mm. hers gets a little bit red, but she's mm. she's pretty good. Like the the um, optometrist gave her some kind of horrible chemical stuff to put on, and then I just went no. Nah. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's almost nothing you can use because right. all of those things will have pres preservatives in them. Yeah. So, and I just find so my eyes just react to anything, really. Yeah. Um, so I will, especially now, because the, the air is a little bit dry in Sydney at the moment. So I have started using just those uh, d those disposable eye drops. So just, mm -hmm. just those single, single use ones. Is it and they don't have any preservatives in them. Is that like a saline solution or no? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's like a saline solution. Yeah. yeah. So you basically just, just and there's no preservatives, and you just basically open it. We use it once and throw it away. Mm -hmm. So I use sometimes use that, but then the main thing for me is just to not do anything that irritates my eyes. So you know, I, I wear minimal makeup and um, I stay away from contact lenses because that's a real disaster for me. So mm -hmm. I just wear glasses, and I also just try not to avoid water contact with my eyes so mm. especially when I swim I always wear goggles even if I just go into the waves mm -hmm. I always wear swimming goggles so it seems to for me it's more just preventing it from getting um upset Inflamed. or irritated does yes, sun, exactly. sunlight affect it at all do you have to wear glasses in the sun like sunglasses yes always yeah. wear that's sunglasses. what the optometrist always. told my daughter yeah yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's more about just looking after it. They're very sensitive, so I just basically have to look after them. Yeah. And you mentioned the grapeseed extract. Uh, so mm -hmm. that you started taking after you stopped seeing the, the homeopath. Is that where you uh, is that, did I understand that correctly? Um, I've, I took the grapeseed extract probably uh, for quite some time. And then I also I decided to double dose it. So, you know, what, I'm, what I was using was anthogenol, which is quite a strong grapeseed ex extract. Um, and um, so I was taking it for a little while already. And then, of course, after it got better, I, st I, I co continued taking it for a little while too. So, you know, so that's why it's quite hard to know exactly what worked because mm, at yeah. the same time I was also, you know, taking myself off cortisone eye drops. Now, of course, the cortisone suppresses your immune system. So it helps with, you know, reducing the inflammation, but of course it also suppresses the immune mm -hmm. system. So, you know, because there's, of course, there's a bacterial component as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to sort of focus on that cortisone maybe but a little bit down the track and just mm -hmm. to understand what um, the, the current uh, medicinal approach is towards uh, things like eczema or skin issues. Sure. And um, one, one thing that we... Uh, we kind of like to categorize things and, you know, all the diseases that you mentioned have different names and different uh, symptoms on, on our body. But you also uh, mentioned inflammation as uh, something that is maybe the underlying cause. And I'd like to sort of get your opinion um, on what, what you think skin issues come from in general and do they have like a, a single root cause or do we really have separate diseases for each one and uh, how do you think um, and how, what have you seen as a good strategy to move forward with um, treating skin issues? Okay, um, so there is, and like with most diseases, there's a, there's a strong genetic component and then there's a st strong environmental component as well. So if we look at the genetic, genetic component, often um, people that have skin issues have a, a disrupted skin barrier. So, you know, it's often a bit more of a dry skin. And there's a lot of very current research that really focuses now on the skin barrier dysfunction in skin diseases. So um, 
some very good research. Have you guys heard of the filaggrin gene? No, I okay. haven't. Okay, so, no. so, and this, of course, is not this. It's always more, much more complex than this. But there's some good research on the filaggrin gene. So basically, how it works is that, um, you know, so I'll just explain how the skin grows. So we make new skin cells in the basal layer of the epidermis. So the epidermis is the outside layer of the skin. And then over a period of 28 days, they slowly get pushed up. So as the new skin cells are made, they slowly push up the older skin cells. And then the older skin cells, basically they mature, they flatten, and they become quite tough. And they overlap each other, and they form the stratum corneum, or the outside layer of the skin. And so they basically like a brick wall. They're flat, they overlap each other, and in between them sits sits the skin's lipids or the skin fats. And the skin lipids is basically like mortar. And that forms a very lovely barrier, and it's almost waterproof. So that basically will keep the moisture inside the skin, keeps it nice and healthy, but it also protects the skin from anything from the outside. So anything like viruses, bacteria, or any type of allergens or chemicals. So what we find with people that, especially um, with people with eczema, is that they often have a faulty filaggrin gene. So the filaggrin gene basically helps those skin cells to flatten. So as they mature, they become nice and flat. So if you have if you have a faulty filaggrin gene, the skin cells don't become flat; they're more round. So it means they're not going to form a nice brick wall. They're going to not overlap each other. And that means that the fats in, in between is not going to sit in place as well as they should be. And it means that your barrier then is disrupted. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 No. yeah. So basically it means that water is going to e- much more easily escape through the skin cells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the skin is going to dry out. If, if the skin dries out, then it can't, can't perform its normal function. It becomes inflamed. And it also means that things can go, come in from the outside and irritate the skin and then set up an immune reaction. So, um, and research have found that, so, so this was done on children. Um, so 50% of children with moderate to severe eczema had the philadrin uh, gene defect, mm. uh, while only 15% of children with mild eczema had the, the gene defect. So, um, yeah, so there's actually studies, uh, there's actually tests you can test now for the filaggrin gene. I know the Mayo Clinic in, um, in America does tests, but um, there's some good signs. Uh, so, you know, I think I have that defect because um, basically if you've, if you've had a dry skin since childhood, um, that's a good, a good sign. There's also what we call palmar hyperlinearity. So what that is, is basically if you look at your palms, and I'm looking at my palms now, and um, you'll see that it looks a little bit older than you are, basically. You know, there's quite deep mm. lines. I had a, and then there's... Sorry, yeah, I, had oh, sorry. Friend, I had a friend with eczema when I was a kid, and I remember her palms being very dry and old, wrinkly looking. Exactly. That's what it is. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And especially if you look at the base of your... Um, thumbs, you'll see there's a lot of lines there, lots and lots and lots of fine lines there. And that's definitely what I have. So it's palmar hyperlinearity. And like I say, also just having a dry, sometimes maybe even itchy skin or even this a little bit of bumps, they call it um, pilaris, what's uh, keratosis pilaris as well. So um, 
Yeah, so there's a very strong genetic comp uh, component there. The skin barrier is disrupted. And then, of course, the other genetic component is that sometimes, you know, people have more of allergic uh, pre predisposition and that they basically just, you know, the inflammation, there's sometimes inflammation in the body. You know, it's the, 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 yeah, the, the, the body is basically just more prone to inflammation and irritation and allergic reaction as well. So there's also a genetic component there. Mm -hmm. So, um, but then of course, then the <laughs> the other side is our environment, um, because of course we've always had these genes. So why suddenly yeah. we are we seeing this explosion in in skin um, issues? And it's because, and we obviously also see it in industrial, industrialized nations or Western um, nations. And it's basically our environment, how environment influences um, our immune system. So we see immune system dysfunction. Um, and if we look at some clues, again, so if we look at um, children, often the research is, is done on children with eczema. So children that have had a normal vaginal birth, uh, children that have older siblings, children that live in rural areas and have access to dirt, and children that grow up with a dog, they all have a, a, high, a lower risk factor for eczema, to developing eczema. Mm -hmm. So what the, what the theory is, what we think is that children are born with a hypersensitive immune system or let's say allergic immune system and by being exposed to non-pathogenic bacteria or good bacteria, these bacteria basically train the immune system to be um, less, to be more tolerant. To calm down a little. To, to calm down a little to, and to mature. And oh, it's like a multicultural society. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, not insular. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, and so yeah, basically, we're trying to uh, immune system to mature and to not react to all of these things that are not really um, harmful to us. Mm -hmm. So that's the immune system component of it. Um, yeah. So, and that's where a lot of the research is at the moment. But like I say, skin barrier function is. Definitely now, you know, because researchers have been looking at uh, food allergens for quite a long time, mm. but they are now moving their focus onto the skin barrier dysfunction. And there's also, it's quite, you know, you can easily help the skin barrier dysfunction by applying moisturizer, of course, emollients. So it's, it's something that you can really do some, easily do something about. Okay. Lisa, can we take just a, a small step back and maybe mm -hmm. define what eczema is? Because that's sort of a word that people use when someone's got a skin issue to it. They go, oh, eczema. You know, a lot of people just, they go to the doctor with their child and say, look, my child's skin looks a bit funny and the doctor says eczema and it feels like job done, you know, and, and I'd like to sort of maybe put a definition around what it is so that people can make a, a, a correct assessment of what they've got and then on top of that uh, discuss a little bit more about um maybe diet and the emollients and the skin uh, food that we put on it, how that helps. But maybe we'll start with the definition. Okay. Okay, so um, first of all, let's start. So eczema is, the, the formal name for eczema is atopic dermatitis, which means allergic dermatitis. So what does dermatitis mean? So derma means skin, 
and itis means inflammation. So dermatitis is basically inflammation of the skin. Um, and I think basically in Australia, usually when people talk about dermatitis or eczema, they kind of mean the same thing. Um, but in general, if we talk about something like dermatitis, it's usually inflammation in the skin. And what we usually think, so let's say contact dermatitis, it's usually short you know, short duration and self-limiting, okay? So mm -hmm. if you, you, know, you get dermatitis and skin inflammation from um, hand soap, you remove the hand soap, that dermatitis is going to clear up. As with atopic eczema or atopic dermatitis or eczema, that is more of a chronic disease. Um, and, you know, I've just looked at some new research um, yesterday and basically what they say now is that, because, you know, often doctors would say, oh, this, the, the child will grow out of it. But it now is more seen as a lifelong mm. Uh, disease. Um, so, and of course, eczema is very, very itchy. So that's definitely defines eczema. It's very, very itchy. And it's patches of dry, red, scaly skin. And it can uh, occur in periodic attacks. So it ha basically has those three phases. The resting phase, where the skin is almost normal, then it becomes irritated and itchy. And then we have the acute eczema. And like I say, it's a pretty much a, quite a long-term disease. Um, and onset is usually in uh, childhood, infancy or childhood. Mm -hmm. mm. So I'll, I'll, just a little bit of background for you know, my story, because this is something I struggled with for a very long time. Getting um, this acne that was on my head when I was 18 years old or 17 years old, I got acne um, on, on the hair follicles. And then it spread throughout my whole body. And um, I took a lot of antibiotics for that. And then a couple of years later, the eczema came on in my early 20s. And um, I, I would scratch myself until I would bleed all over my legs, my uh, belly, my back. Oh. Um, I, I had to change my sheets daily because oh. I uh, have blood on them. It was un out of control. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it. And then the only thing that really helped, um, which is what the doctors were giving me, was uh, steroid creams, like really potent steroid creams to put on my skin. And um, the last doctor that I saw, I went in maybe for around 10 minutes. Uh, I was really struggling. Uh, you know, you go through good phases and bad phases. It's not always terrible. Uh, but sometimes it gets really, really bad. And during one of those phases, I went to see the doctor and I said, look, I, I've sort of been going down this path path of uh, antibiotics and steroid creams for the past uh, 11 years or so. And I would like to get uh, a different approach if that's possible. Maybe we can talk about something else that we can do. And he said, all right, well, let's let's have a look. And he, he looked at uh, me under his magnifying lens. And then he reached for the phone and started authorizing the most powerful antibiotic that he can get. Like he basically couldn't prescribe this without getting an authority for it. And hmm. uh, and gave me that along with a, a script for uh, a high potency steroid cream, which I took out and um, and I felt depressed. Um, maybe it took the whole thing. Maybe it took honestly like five minutes or something. The whole conversation cost me four hundred and something dollars to see that that guy. And I walked out and um, I was completely determined not not to do this. So I threw the script away. And then it wasn't much long after that I came across uh, eating a, a low-carb diet. 
and uh, within a few months my skin improved more than it had ever and uh, I'm still trying to understand exactly what it is that that went through uh, because like um, I get times when my skin regresses a little bit it's not I'm not 100% healed, 90% better, but there's around 10% that I still haven't been able to resolve. And um, what I've learned over that period of time is that what I put on my skin and what I put in my mouth is really what's going to determine uh, how my skin quality is going to be. And um, this, uh, this kind of label of eczema, just I found it really treacherous to use because it gives you the false impression that this is a diagnosed disease and it, it has a treatment, uh, which is antibiotics and steroid creams. But I'd like to sort of understand why things like antibiotics and steroid creams do make a difference in, in the short term and what kind of dangers we have when we do use them. Okay, yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, so let's t talk about steroid first. You know, so we, of course, we make our own um, cortisol in our bodies. It's a powerful um, anti-inflammatory, suppresses the immune system. And, you know, especially if you have a child um, or a little baby, you know, if the, if the skin is severely inflamed, if you have that acute stage of eczema, then I think it is advisable to see a healthcare pr practitioner. And, you know, it, it might be a good thing then to use cortisone cream and the cortisone cream is not going to take away the condition. All it's going to do is going to reduce the symptoms and, and heal the skin in the short term. And why it's important to actually deal with that really acute flare-up is because, especially in children, is because the skin barriers, of course, are very, very disrupted. And what can happen is that allergens can actually enter the skin. And that can actually then cause a food allergy down the track. So you understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying there? So, so the, let's say allergen enters the skin, yeah. let's say dust mite or even maybe a food particle, like a protein part of a food particle, it's now in the bloodstream. So basically the immune system's gonna say, what's this foreign thing? And it's gonna make an antibody to it. And so that can actually then cause food allergies down the tracks. So that's, it's so important to really deal with that acute um, inflammation. And of course, it's also very painful um, especially for a child. So you want to really, you want to clear it up. So that's the first thing. And, you know, if you use it in a short term, you use it like the doctor has prescribed, then there should not be any side effects. It should be safe. Um, the second thing is if it does get infected, so it can also have a secondary bacterial infection. And that can be an issue, especially, again, if you have a very young child. And that's why it's also important to get that that get that sorted out very quickly because, of course, a bacterial infection can spread to the rest of the body. So it's, you know, it is quite a serious thing. And like I say, so if it's acute, really, really, really inflamed, then it's really good to get some support from your health practitioner. Um, but, of course, these things are not going to help in the long term. So, you know, while you deal with that acute flare-up, then also deal with the diet, deal with the gut, and also you know, makes sure that this, the rest of the skin is really well moisturized. So, and of course, natural treatment is all about, you know, treating in the long term and also preventing those flares, you know, you know, preventing it from getting so bad and also preventing it from actually turning up in the first place as well. 
that's really good advice in terms of uh, making sure that the currency is, is not compromised and to get people um, back on track. And things like steroid creams are miraculous in the turnaround. Like I found them, uh, like what, if I had eczema and I put on the steroid creams the next morning I'd wake up and my skin would look, you know, five times better, which was just incredible to, to see. I, I never, you know... Um, thought that it would happen that quickly but they're miraculous in the way that they do things but um i found for instance still on my skin now there's um scarification and uh, signs of aging and uh thickening of the skin that's happened over the years of using this and mm -hmm. um it's sort of um actually using um Willida products which i've been using exclusively over the the past, I don't know, now six months or something, it's really helped uh, soften my skin again and uh, clear up a lot of the uh, discoloration. Like there was a discoloration on, in my skin from um, where I used to scratch a lot. And it oh, used to yeah. like... It, Makes it, the scars. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's helped a lot. But um, I just, I'm very hesitant to, to use these things ongoing. And it seems like, because I know from my personal experience that doctors will continue to re-prescribe these things for you and um, you, you mentioned a little bit about gut health and um, maybe you can lead into that a little bit more and tell us about what, what it is that that kind of experience that I had with the doctors around uh, steroid creams and antibiotics, maybe it's sort of given me like, or, you know, tainted my experience a little bit because it was a, a diet of these things for around, um, I don't know, 15 years or something. Uh, and it, it just, uh, I haven't had to use them since 2011 at all. And my skin hasn't been better. And it's, uh, I just still deal with the remnants of the damage that was uh, that happened to me when I took those things. And maybe, uh, you know, I know they're very life-saving and very important, but we have to be very judicious in our use for these things, and we have to really understand the risks. So maybe you could talk a little bit more about the risks and the negative side effects that we might experience from using or overusing steroid creams and antibiotics. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I guess the... the first risk is, um, and maybe not always so obvious, is that you rely on these these treatments, antibiotics and steroids, and do nothing else. So you do, don't change yeah. your lifestyle and your habits and, and your diet. You only rely on that. So that's a really bad thing because you're basically just managing the symptoms and not actually treating the disease. So that's the one issue. And then, of course, you know, so these are very powerful drugs, so they can work really well, but they also have very potent side effects as well. Um, so with steroid use, you know, over definitely over the long term, not over the short term, but over the long term, it can thin the skin. And then with antibiotics, it's probably a bit, bit of a bigger issue. Um, of course, as we know, um, it's not great for your gut at all. It basically is going to kill the bad bacteria and the good bacteria, and it definitely is going to uh, 
cause a dysbiosis or imbalance in, in your gut. And then, of course, that's going to cause a whole raft of problems down the line, especially if you if you use antibiotics on a regular basis. Um, you know, so digestive issues, mental issues, and also immune issues. So, um, you know, and of course, as you mentioned, they, they're life-saving um, and very important medicines, but you have to use them so, so carefully and also never over the long term. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. So, so um, maybe also you can shed a little bit of light for us on um, aspect of things because that's where I really started seeing these uh, great results in, ter in terms of my skin and how it improved and um, now I'm seeing even better improvements when I've supplemented this, this skin regimen using uh, Willida products but before that um, it was really most of the improvement and controlling my acne and my eczema came from what I ate and uh, maybe you can give us your take on what you think uh, ideal nutrition might look like for uh, someone who's dealing with skin issues. Okay, so first of all, um, you want to regulate your immune system. And what's regulate your immune system is your gut bacteria. or They, they have a big part, to, a role to play in there. So, um, so creating an environment that is just fantastic for those good bacteria to grow. Um, personally, I really support um, probiotic, uh, prebiotic foods. Um, I think that's a really fantastic way to, um, you know, create a good gut environment. So anything that has good fiber, that's going to feed those good bacteria. So any, um, you, I'm sure you guys know about all the inulin-containing foods. So all your leeks and your onions and your mm -hmm. garlics and chicory. Um, those are the type of foods that's going to provide beautiful food for your, your gut bacteria. Um, and then... Um, Kefir, you know, all of your um, probiotic foods, so, you know, all, that already contains uh, those bacteria, but also provide lactic acid to the to your gut bacteria. So, so like kefir, like yogurt, uh, like kombucha. So I'm a big proponent of those as well. As far as probiotics, um, to me, it there's just not such clear evidence which specific strain, you know, really helps. So that's why I, you know, for me personally, I stick to rather to prebiotic and probiotic foods um, instead of taking a probiotic supplement. Um, I have used many different ones and I, that doesn't seem to make any difference to me whatsoever. I don't know if you guys have had a different experience. With probiotics? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with probiotic supplements. I pretty much stick to the probiotic um, foods more than anything. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. We we use uh, ultraflora uh, from Metagenics on uh, my daughter, mm -hmm. uh, who who still has uh, skin issues. She was given antibiotics when she was born. Um, that's uh, caused a like a problem with with her skin, and she's got some minor food allergies or sensitivities. And mm -hmm. we still um, work with her on that. And the Metagenics ultraflora. LGG, I think that's the name of it. Um, that's a that's a naturopath prescribed one. You can you have to ha be a practitioner to prescribe it. You can't just go to the shop and get it. But um, we find, uh, yeah, like she responds very well to it. Her skin uh, improves 
more, more quickly when she is on it. But what I do for adding ferments to the food also helps heat. And it's uh, looking looking at like a, a hunter-gatherer approach to, to this question. So not just like from a scientific perspective, because like the science is backing this up. But we understand now that it's not about just having the one savior in there that's going to go mm. and uh, help the gut out, fix it all. That's all about community the gut and uh, the more biodiversity that we have in there but not only bacterial but also viral and fungal and yeast all these mm-hmm. things are very very important which means that um, we need to sterilize less and eat uh, more organic foods and um, make sure that they have been in contact with the soil and make sure that the children are also in contact with the soil and we don't have to obsessively wash their hands from and things like like dogs as well. They're very, <laughs> dogs are good. Dogs are good. <laughs> Just not when they bark during podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So so that that my experience is that connected. I am with a uh, a place that has a rich, diverse microbiome, like a garden or a backyard that is organic and has a lot of soil. And yeah. um, our health improves and. You mentioned that earlier in, in the podcast about that. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, so it's basically you know feeding, you know, having a rich microbiome. Uh, you know, like like we've mentioned, you know, with all the beautiful foods and fermented foods and organic as well, because it's also so it's, it's feeding that microbiome, but then also not harming that microbiome. So, of course, trying to avoid antibiotics when you can, you know, of course, if it's really needed, then you need to take it. Uh, but also, of course, pesticides. So pesticides are also toxic to our microbiome. So that's why it's important to eat organic food. Um, And of course, then the simple things that, um, you know, alcohol, alcohol is not great for the gut at all. Um, And it's still seen as a very um, normal thing to do (laughs) is to have a a few glasses of wine every day. So I'm guilty myself as well. But yeah, not fantastic for the gut either. And then, of course, also looking at the products that you use. Uh, For instance, a lot of people maybe not don't realize, but maybe even more now that triclosan is on a lot of products. So triclosan is a very strong antiseptic and antibacterial um, ingredient that's um, in, you know, all anything that says antibacterial, so the antibacterial hand washes, um, toothpaste, and it's in, it's in a lot of things, you know, children's toys and furniture and everything. Yes, yes, yeah, they put it in everything. Um, and, you know, of course, that's also not good for your microbiome, in, you know, in your gut and also, you know, on your skin. So, um, yeah, so also chlorinated water, which is pretty much what everyone gets, and swimming in chlorinated pools and things like that, that's terrible for you. So um, yeah. make sure that your water quality is uh, as good as you can make it. Uh, Joanna yes. used a, a great water filter called Zazen, and that that's just awesome. It's just uh, a really fantastic filtration system and a remin- remineralization system. So they have these mineral stones in it, which gives your body the minerals that it needs because quite often water filters like reverse osmosis will take out all the minerals from uh, your water. But when you put chlorine in the water, you get this um, like 
you know, antibacterial effect out of chlorine. That's why they do it. They put it in the water to control the bacterial count so that when you open that tap, it's not full of, you know, pathogens. Mm. So you don't die from drinking your tap water. And um, you know, this is the industrialized world that we live in. We we have to accept that, but we have to mitigate that at the tap level or at, at your mains. You can put a, a filter on uh, the mains of your house to take out the chlorine. Yeah. Sure, yeah, that your gut microbes aren't actually being killed by the water that you're drinking. Um, yeah, that's right. Oh, actually, yeah. we, we've got a yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think that's a, a really, uh, really good uh, thing to talk about. Um, uh, just a little bit more, um, because maybe some listeners are new to the show and they don't really know much about um, a whole foods approach, and they might have come from eating a standard Australian or standard Western diet, uh, can you maybe talk a little, little bit about um, not only what's good to have for uh, excellent, what, what we should get out of our diet so that we improve our health as well? I get what you mean, but what we remove out of the diet? Yeah, like what, what, yeah. what are most people eating that are contributing to, to, to like eating... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, and I guess what happens is that some people are intolerant to foods that they don't really even know about. So, um, so, so something to look at is the nine common food allergens. So they cause about ninety percent of all food allergies, um, and that is cow's milk, uh, wheat, egg, peanut, tree nuts, sesame, soy, fish, and and shellfish. So, um, you know, of course, it's, it's not an easy thing to do to exclude things. But if you are concerned that you may be intolerant or allergic to, uh, to something, then it might be good to exclude. Um, you can start with these nine common food allergens, uh, exclude them and then introduce them, you know, one by one and see if that's an issue for you. So that's that's one strategy to use. Um, of course, it's always makes good sense to focus on a whole food diet. So anything that's in a package usually has preservatives, has too much salt, too much sugar, um, and it has all kinds of weird and wonderful chemicals in them. So, um, and it's just not fantastic for your health overall anyway. It's not good for your gut health. It's not good for your, for your health overall. So, it's quite important to try to focus on a whole food diet, and if you do that, then you know you might, some of your some of your other um, symptoms might disappear as well. Um, um, so those are the two main things I can think of right now. Um, and as, as we also mentioned before, all of the cultured foods, the prebiotic foods, the probiotic foods, they're very important too. Um, yeah, and so, you know, some people will have issues with dairy, some people don't, and some people have issues with wheat. It seems like a lot of people have issues with wheat and gluten these days, but it's not, that's not true for everyone. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. So it's really mm-hmm. just whole food, whole food diet, you know, mostly plant-based if you can, because that's what's healthy for you and healthy for, for the environment as well. Yeah, that, that's um, that's spot on, and that's pretty much what we talk about as well. Like making sure that you increase the amount of plants that you eat and uh, eat the animals that have been raised on pasture or are wild and come from uh, ethical and sustainable farming practices, and 
make sure that your water quality is high and um, that what you put in your mouth isn't uh, made in a factory, that it comes directly from a farmer who's looking after the health of the soil because that will translate directly into um, the quality of the food itself. Um, exactly. Maybe we can uh, yeah, shift a little bit as well and, and talk a little bit about your work with Valida and what you've seen uh, in terms of skincare products and how they contribute to uh, overcoming things like eczema because I know you have a, a good eczema range as well in Walida and uh, uh, I've used it as well on my skin and have had really good results but I'd like to hear from you on your working experience with it. Okay, great, fantastic. Yes, yeah, so we do have the beautiful white mallow range that we've developed specifically for um, babies with eczema and so it's it's fragrance-free and so we haven't added any essential oils because we find that people with eczema or babies with eczema have very sensitive skins, even if it's a natural essential oil. So, you know, if, if you smell it, it has this beautiful, sweet scent, and that's basically just from the coconut and the beeswax, and that's, that's coming through there. Um, so white mallow is our leading plant in this range, and white mallow is also called marshmallow. Ah, so same thing, same thing. <laughs> The same thing, exactly. And so the ancient e Egyptians used to make these beautiful sweets from the, the, the plant's root. And so that's where marshmallows come from. But these days, of course, they don't make, make marshmallows from this beautiful you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of weird stuff in there. So, um, so yeah, no, so it's been used as a sweet for a very long time. Um, the botanical name is called um, is Althea officinalis. So, which means official healer. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been recognised as a very beautiful medicinal plant um, for, for a long time as well. Um, and so, basically, the root makes this lovely gel, and the gel then is great for um, soothing mucous membranes and the skin. So we also use it in herbal medicine for coughs, especially irritated dry coughs, yep. And we also use it on the skin specifically to take away the itch, so to soothe and take away the itch. Um, so that's the lead plant in, in this range. And then the other ingredients are, first of all, we have um, quite a few um, light oils in there so they're very rich in poly and unsaturated fatty acids um, so oils like almond oil sesame oil safflower oil borage oil so those fatty acids basically every cell of our body is the cell membrane is made up of, of fatty acids so those fatty acids are very natural to our skin and they can penetrate into the deeper skin layers and they're going to really help to soothe the skin but and from inflammation because they're strongly anti-inflammatory and they will also help to build the barrier of the skin and then um, the, the other ingredients in there is more saturated fats, so thicker oils like cacao butter, coconut oil, and beeswax. And that's going to sit on top of the skin and form a lovely bar protective barrier. So it's basically going to stop the water from evaporating from the skin. And guys, I've, I've read a really interesting um, study quite recently. Um, so they've taken... Um, uh, there's actually two randomized control trials on, on little babies, and they've asked the parents to um, use a emollient or a moisturizer on the baby on their whole body for the first six months of, of their life. So they've taken babies that are at very high risk of developing eczema. 
So, you know, there's babies that have at least one parent or one sibling that have eczema, high fever or asthma. So they're at high risk. And so basically, so what these parents have done for the first six months of the baby's life, the whole body was moisturized once a day. And what I found was that after six months, the risk for developing eczema was reduced by between 30 and 50%. Wow. So isn't that just wonderful? It's just wonderful, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's just such a simple thing to do. Just a, such a simple thing to do is just basically improving that skin barrier. And that's going to really help to prevent the disease from expressing. Um, so I thought that was really, yeah. really fantastic thing. And what, what kind of creams would, mm-hmm. they, would you recommend using if you were wanting to do that? So that's the white mallow was specifically also developed for that. So Walida said, you know, to use for babies with eczema, but also babies that are have a, a risk factor. So if there's history, you know, if, if the parents or one of the siblings have eczema, then it's a good idea to actually use it as a preventative. And from what age? Basically from three weeks. The studies said, you know, from three weeks after birth, it was good to start using it then. So, um, you know, so I thought that was really, really good. Uh, another thing that I'll mention is that um, often people don't use enough moisturizer. So um, what the Australasian uh, um, Association of Immunology, I think that's what I called, um, um, suggested was that for children with eczema, they should use 250 grams a week of moisturizer. So wow. that's quite a lot if you that think is. about it. <laughs> so as you know, as if you think about it, so one of our white mallow bottles, that's 200 milliliters. So it's roughly the same. So, and for an adult with eczema, 500 grams of moisturizer a week. So, you know, if you already have eczema, then we recommend that you apply this um, two to three times a day. Um, and yeah, use a decent amount. It's funny that you should say that because um, we were talking about the Walida products in uh, was on Facebook, I think, and someone commented that they use so much of the skin food. They said they need to be selling it in bulk containers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great, good idea. I think I need to talk to David. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Definitely, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, so yeah, if you have it. And just what I also just mentioned, so, you know, so this is, you know, we've developed this range to try to prevent those big flares from coming. So, you know, so it's what we lead also say, you know, it's fantastic for the resting phase and it's fantastic for the irritated phase. But once it is that acute phase, then you're going to need a specific treatment. Um, cortisone. Or we also have a rash relief cream. So maybe I'll lead into that, that then. The, the next thing, that's our rash relief cream. Um, so it's a herbal cream. It has about 21 ingredients. Um, it's quite potent. So And it has, you know, uh, in, uh, ex- extracts of echinacea, calendula, cam- chamomile, arnica, stinging nettle, and quite a lot of essential oils as well. Yeah, um, it's it is beautiful. It's it's green. It's very herby. Oh. It has a very nice herby scent as well, um, <laughs> and it's made in New Zealand actually. Nice. Yeah. So and we've had very good feedback on that. So this is actually now for you know when you get to the irritated or the acute phase of eczema. I will say it's quite potent. You know, and of course it has so many ingredients. Um, if you have a sense of skin, maybe first try it on healthy skin and see if your skin reacts. If it doesn't, 
then try it on your eczema. So because I have had one or two people that's come back to me that said, you know, they have actually had allergic reaction to it as well. Mm-hmm. So because, you you know, if you're, you're sensitive, you can react to anything. And, you know, it's like I say, there's 21 ingredients, lots of essential oils in there. So, you know, it, it is quite potent. But, yeah, we've got lots of good feedback on that too. Yeah. And then you guys have mentioned skin food. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Love that one. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So not that many ingredients as the rash relief cream. So I'm, I feel quite confident to recommend this to um, people with very sensitive skin because, you know, I've never heard anybody um, react to this, this product. Oh, that's so great. again, it has... Yeah, so that's good to know. So it has calendula and chamomile and pansy. So they're all anti-inflammatory and antiseptic. Um, and then it has lanolin. So, so lan- of, of course, our lanolin is highly purified and it's hypoallergenic. But the reason why we use lanolin, so it's from sheep's wool, is because there's just nothing else in nature or man-made that can hold on to water like lanolin can. It's just amazing. Just, just the way the molecular structure is, it just holds on to water. So it basically just is just for any type of dry skin, it's just going to really help to moisturize that skin and really help to yeah, lock in that moisture. And even, let's say you've applied it now, even in 24 hours' time, it still has an effect. So it just has a really very good prolonged effect as well. So, yeah, and it's just, it's just one of our best-loved creams. So for me personally, I use it on my hands and my feet. It's really fantastic and also on my face. <laughs> I use it on my face. So, yeah, um, yeah. I really moved to the Blue Mountains and, um, yeah, like, I think because it got so much colder here, we have the heater on for longer and uh, it's also a gas heater, which – loads of kind of dry air. So my skin started getting really dry. So, mm. uh, uh, what I do is I, I have three or four different types of woolly the moisturizers that I use, like uh, the citrus and the pomegranate and almond and things like that. And then um, I, I switch these around. But then on top of that, I've been using the calendula oil. So this is the baby oil that you, you have. And I found that just having the combination of uh, two types of moisturizers, so that one is actually a moisturizer and the other one's the oil, and that's just been so good. Like, it changed my skin around in, in a day. And, um, you know, I've been able to just uh, feel like... Because when you when dry skin, I can't even move my body sometimes. It feels like my body is restricted by the elasticity of my skin. And, wow. um, yeah, you know, I can't, yeah, it's, it's that bad, you know, it can get that bad if, if it gets that dry. So, if I would, so tell me, so do you put on yeah, the, I had any trouble. that's great. So do you put on the calendula um, oil first and then put a cream no. on over the top? Is that how you do it? Yeah, I put, I put the cream on and then when that's absorbed oil on top of that and that's oh, so, just had, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you put do you oil on top. Do the other way around? What do you think I should do? Well, if that works for you, I mean, what we usually recommend is first the oil and then the cream over the top because the oil is going to soak in. Um, okay. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it has it's very high those uh, uh, polyunsaturated fatty acids. Yeah. Um, and then the, then the cream, especially the skin food, is going to sit on top of your skin a little bit longer, especially the lanolin, you know, it's really thick mm-hmm. and it's going to sit on top. So it's going to, you know. Hold it yeah, there. Yeah, so, just hold the hold moisture. It in. That's yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I don't use the skin food on my body because, like, I'd, I'd go through one, you know, like, 
you need both. In a session, you know. yeah. I'm a big guy. So, uh, <laughs> and we won't like, mention Harry you know, either. If I hey, yeah, well, here maybe problematic, but uh, but I'm, yeah, yeah, like, yeah I, maybe I just, try the other uh, way and see. Let us know yeah, how you go because right, it's usually yeah. first oil and then oh. cream on lotion, whatever you use, whichever product you use. Um, and as, I mean, you might have noticed that um, each of our ranges usually have a body oil as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So how come? Um, so first of all, it's just because, you know, preference. Uh, some people prefer others, you know. So, But with the oil, you have to be a little bit more, can I say, more careful. So first of all, if you put, apply body oil, you have to apply it when your skin is definitely still damp. If your skin has already dried out, then that oil just doesn't penetrate. Uh, yeah. We find so you know because the uh, body lotion is already emulsified, you know you can just rub it on and you know it's it's going to soak into your skin. So, but um, personally, I find that body oils actually have a better effect if you use it correctly. Um, over the long term, it actually I don't know it seems to have a better effect on the skin. Oh really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, this, but that's my personal, <laughs> yeah, it's my personal experience. Yeah. Okay. But of course, if it, combination is amazing too. You know, have a body oil and then put a cream over the top, then you have the best of both worlds. Mm. And you smell amazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. I just never can get over the um, the smells of the Walita range. It's just so right. beautiful. They are amazing. They mm. are beautiful. Pure essential oils. Beautiful. They are lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the kind of person that sneezes at perfumes, but not at not at um, essential oils. Obviously, it's the synthetic That's stuff. That's right. That's right. And yeah. you know, I guess the more you know, I haven't used perfume for oh, more than a decade, and I'm so sensitive now. Same. You know, I can smell it from a mile away, and it just smells so chemical. So I find it's I go. How it's I go into the shops and um, like a, an older lady walks past that has drenched themselves and I just think, ah, oh, I can't help, get me away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, can't be good for you. No. <laughs> yeah, the purer you, the purer you live. I'm oh, sorry, there you go. No, like, I, I was going to comment on how many products are out there in the market that you know, you can go to a health food store and there's like a ton of products and they're just full of things that are so bad for you that when you put them on your skin, they're going to disrupt your microbiome and they wreak havoc in there. And, uh, you know, this is one of the reasons why we really love you guys so much is because like, every, like I use this stuff on myself and my kids and I never hesitate. And I'm like really panicky about this stuff now. Like I don't want anything to touch my skin that I know is going to poison me. And it's just so important to know that this, you know, is out there that is actually good for you and uh, has nutrition and uh, feeds your skin in the way it's supposed to. It also makes it into your bloodstream, which it will. Like, it actually gets absorbed into from your stream that this is all herbal stuff that, you know, was based on food to begin with. So it's just uh, really, really important for people. To, to be very discriminatory when it comes to making a choice about the products that they put on their skin. It's, it's a big deal. Yes, definitely. And especially if you have skin um, issues, you know, especially if you have eczema, because then you also know that your skin barrier is just not, um, you know, is, is a little bit disrupted, you know, is not the same as a normal skin, you know, because a lot of these chemicals, let's say phthalates and sodium lauryl sulfate and all of that, 
they've probably also tested those things on, um, you know, intact skin, completely yeah, healthy skin, you know. And, yeah. of course, they've tested it over the short term and said, okay, yeah, that's fine. But, what, uh, yeah, what about people that actually don't have, you know, completely normal, healthy skin? And also what about the long term? You know, that's, yeah. what, that's what we don't know. None of these um, chemicals have been tested over the long term. So... We are basically guinea pigs for for these companies. I'd be. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, Bolida is a company that was started in 1921. Was it some some something like that uh, in the 1920s? So yeah, 1921. Yeah. So I think you know um, they they have a proven track record of using like the best stuff. This is just incredible stuff for our skin and. Um, Joe, your experience has been really positive. Mm. With yeah, that. definitely. I haven't yeah. had any reactions. Oh, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's great, guys. What I might mention is um, um, alcohol. So we, we use alcohol in our um, skincare products as a preservative, and we get so many questions about it these days. So I thought I might discuss that now. So um, so we use alcohol in our products as our preservative because we don't use any uh, anything else. We don't use any synthetic anything in our products, so not even synthetic preservatives. And so we use the alcohol, first of all, to extract uh, you know, the active chemicals from the herbal medicine, from the herbs. So, you know, that's how herbal medicine works. You need to kind of use alcohol and water to extract the um, active chemicals. And then, of course, it's a, a preservative as well. Um, and so... Yes, if alcohol is in a very high concentration, then it is actually it's going to dry out the skin. But if it's in a very low concentration, then it's not going to harm the skin at all, even over the long term. Um, and it will alcohol actually even helps a little bit to let the, the ingredients penetrate deeper into the skin as well. So this actually has a positive thing too. So what I, I explain to people is that, and you can try it for yourself. Let's say you use pure alcohol or you use something that's high alcohol, let's say like vodka, and you can test it for yourself. You put it on your skin, you will actually see then a white dry spot, and that's where the skin has dry, dried out. But if you put a little bit, a few drops of beer <laughs> onto your skin. Uh, you'll, you will see that your skin has not dried out at all. And that is basically the comparable um, percentage of alcohol that we have in the Valida skincare products. So it's very, very low uh, concentration. And it's we've tested also our products over the long term, um, you know, on, um, uh, on test subjects, and we have found no issues. So I thought I'd just mention that because that, yeah, that's that good. comes up good so much. And yeah. I don't know if you guys have any further questions for, for me on that. No, um, no the, I, I just want to mention to the listeners that Walida has a, uh, the website has a complete list of all the ingredients that they use and an explanation mm. of what they are. So um, a complete transparency here mm. in terms of what they're doing. So if there's anything in, on the bottle that you buy and you go, oh, I don't know what that is because it sounds like a little bit too scientific as a name, I can't recognize it. Uh, it's uh, either usually like a, the the Latin name of something or uh, the botanical name of it, and you can go and look it up and just understand what the product uh, has in it. And uh, very few companies will will be doing that to that level of transparency. So that will give yeah. you confidence in what you're using. But yeah, that's to, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, to point to the fact that um, they have a, a large range of products. You know, it's, it's massive. There's so many things and. 
Yes, yeah, so that one product might not be suitable for you. Yeah, go on, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, all I also just wanted to say is that you know, of course, if anybody has any questions, they can just email us, and we'll usually respond within a day. Oh, that's um, good. So yeah, and so yeah. we do these days. We do because people are a lot more informed and and proactive. So we do get a lot of emails, and yeah, it's my it's my job to uh, respond to those emails. So very happy to yeah, to answer any questions. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> we do have a ten percent discount on Bolida products, um, which uh, we offer with with our podcast. They are one of our podcast sponsors. And we'll put a link and a coupon, uh, the coupon code that you use in the show notes. Um, and um, yeah, just head on to wilida.com.au and uh, use that coupon code. Um, Joe, do you remember what the coupon code is? It's sort of. Uh, I'm trying to think what it is. Yeah. I will put it on the show notes. Um, so, guys, we do have a 10% discount for any Wilida products. Um, so if you go onto the Willita site and use the coupon code Quirky Journey, um, you'll be able to get 10% off your order. So we really recommend you go and have a look at their range. And there's also free shipping for uh, oh, the yes. order if it's over $90 as well. So yep. free that's free really over $90. It's very easy to, to spend $90 on Willita because they have so many awesome things <laughs> to try. <laughs> I agree. Yes. I that. <laughs> so a couple of good stuff. Yes, beautiful. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for being here with us. I'm sure we'll have you again on the show to talk a little bit. Oh, yeah. If people have um, specific questions, maybe they could let us know. Okay. Maybe we can do a Q&A on, on yeah. uh, XML or people and uh, have them come. Yeah, have you come back and address the questions that they have? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. wonderful. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you thank so you. much. Thanks for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. Don't forget we have classes coming up next week in New South Wales. So we have on the 10th, we have a Blue Mountains class, and on the 12th, we have a class in Canberra. So these are our life-changing food seminars. Um, we speak about all sorts of things to do with healthy eating and healing with food, and we demonstrate six dishes, and we have a couple of tasting of tastings afterwards. Um, we have books there for sale, and we'd love to sign your books for you if you come along. Um, so have a look on the events section of our website or on the events section of the Quirky Cooking Facebook page. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.